Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. your host of the Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, once again, thank you so much for your well wishes. Yeah, I don't know what I had. I would have said it was COVID, but I tested negative. But I've come out of it now, and I'm going to do the the quarter mile, building back to my half mile a day in the pool. And so everything's good. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for showing care and concern. It's greatly appreciated. And one apology on our end too, as you know, we represent Alexa Pure Pro Water Filters, and they are out of stock. We're looking for a workaround. I'll let you know. And yes, I've gotten all your emails, and, and I'm sorry, but honestly, folks, I did warn you. I said we're going to have shortages that we're not in control of. Um, but along those lines, we still have plenty of storable food, and we're one of the few storable food companies that's still standing there. A lot of them have greatly cut back operations, or some aren't operating at all any longer. And it's a big universe. We need uh, all of them out there at full capacity to help people prepare for what's coming. They are going to use famine, starvation against us. It's been really clear, made clear. It's even been, those words have been used in Congress. Biden's warned us. And so, uh, I'll just say this. Go to, <laughs> go to preparewithdave.com, 25 year shelf life. It's not restaurant food, but it's food you can live on and it tastes just fine. I've tasted it. And, uh, you need to get as much as you can. I used to say, well, DHS says six months. Okay, guys like Bob Griswold, who comes on our show a lot, as you know, say two years. Um, I'm saying right now, as much as you can afford, as much as you can carry, because I don't know how long they're going to apply the full court press to where they cut our food supply off, and we have to go to them. So we're good little soldiers. So go to preparewithdave.com. Then one last thing, too, is um, you've heard me talk about 10 days ago, I went back to Noble Gold for another readjustment here on our portfolio. And it's not that we're wealthy, but everybody, you know, who works and is saved and so forth has a uh, nest egg. And I don't trust that digital currency is not going to wipe that out and Biden's not going to go the way of Trudeau and take the savings of people who are uh, in the system who he doesn't like politically. And it may not be Biden. It could be his descendant, whoever takes over. And I don't want to give him that chance. So I went back to Noble Gold, and we did some readjustments and more diversifications. They have a multitude of complex uh, programs, and they never pressure you. So I'm going to give you a way to contact them. Tell them I said to call. Um, if you just want material sent to you, you can go to goldbeforelate.com, but you'll have to call them. They will not call you just because you ordered material. They're not pushy. And, or you can call them directly at 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. And I'll say this warning again, leave your money in the bank at your own risk. Right now, we're trying to maintain operating capital about two to three months. 
And I'm just saying, if you leave it in the bank, you better be prepared to lose it. And you need to make adjustments to get yourself outside the system as much as possible. And you know on our TV show, we're doing a series right now on where you can take money to escape what Biden might do that's similar to Trudeau. And we are looking at foreign markets, and we're making those reports on our TV show. I'd encourage you to follow that. You need to diversify domestically, and you need to diversify internationally if you have the funds. And uh, I can't be more more emphatic on these points. You are living in a Bolshevik, communist, satanic regime. And honestly, they don't care if you live or die. In fact, I think actually they hope most of us die. So take the appropriate action. That covers our show uh, for commercials. And, um, and I wanted to get it out of the way up front. And I hope that you take advantage and you're able to take advantage. But we have a special guest, and we have Tim Alvarino on. And I first heard Tim speak in person at the Branson Conference. And wow. In fact, my wife and sister-in-law went. And my sister-in-law said, he was my favorite speaker. And a lot of people say that. And um, he's, I'll just say this to as someone who's taught research at a fairly high level and written courses. Um, his research is second to none. Is best out there that I can see, and that's not uh, platitude, folks. That's a fact. But I, I've been reading his book off and on, and keeping going back for further reference. It's called Birthright, and we'll talk more about that. But it's written so I think people with a sixth grade education can read it, even though it's extremely well researched. So I asked him to come on and talk about some of the important issues of the day related to his research, because we're kind of on this nexus right now where on one plane we kind of see, you know, fallen angels and what comes of that and demonic spirits active today on the planet. And then we have the physical realm, the geopolitical, and the two are coalescing together now. And I think this is a very timely discussion. And I think we can no longer just consider the physical or the spiritual. We have to consider the whole enchilada, so to speak. Tim, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, the one thing about your book that scared me the most, <laughs> and it did, it gave me great pause, when you talked about the alien threat. And we're getting um, a glimpse into the alien threat from shows like Tucker Carlson. Are you surprised that, that there's mainstream media penetration in this now? Well, I believe that the phenomenon itself, the UFO phenomenon, is forcing the hand uh, forcing the Pentagon's hand to have to make some admissions that they probably would rather not. And they're trying, they're scrambling to get in front of the story to control the narrative, to control the information. Um, the, the, the UFO phenomenon is becoming more aggressive and it is adopting a hostile posture which is an alarming development in ufology. And what I mean by that, in the past, there would be sorties between our fighter jets and UFOs. There would be occasional encounters with our battleships, with UFOs coming up out of the sea and things like this. But now it's, it's increasing to where uh, the, the craft are now uh, apparently, according to the Pentagon, have been... Uh, tailing our fighters more frequently have been have been uh, following in close proximity to our battleships have been even there's even reports of some of these craft these advanced uh, uh, aerospace vehicles hovering above our secret military installations so there's the I, I think because the phenomenon is becoming 
a little bit more aggressive and hostile in, in its posture that the, the Pentagon is being forced to try and control the narrative because it can no longer be covered up. It simply can no longer be covered up. There's too many people out there, and I'm talking about airmen and seamen, too many people out there in the military with cell phone, with uh, smartphones. And it's not difficult to capture an image or a video of, of a craft uh, tailing a battleship. And, and so these are the kinds of things that are happening. And, the, and, and there's, there's a boldness now on the part of some of these military personnel uh, to come out and speak. Because, again, the, 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 the alien presence is becoming more conspicuous. Uh, and I, think, I, I personally think that the government is... And when I say the government, keep in mind that even if we talk about the Pentagon, the, the programs that have, have uh, taken place uh, under the auspices of the Pentagon over the last decade, um, the, the ATIP po- program, for example, um, are, are, are somewhat of a dog and pony show. There are not many people, in, from my, in my estimation, working at the Pentagon who know more than your average ufologist about the topic of UFOs and aliens. The, 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 the people who know, who really know what's going on, are part of what I call the dumb state. Not the deep state, the dumb state. And when I say dumb state, I'm referring to the deep underground military bases. I'm talking about a, a, the military, elements of the military industrial complex that are interfacing directly with, with uh, aerospace contractors like Lockheed Martin, who are not investigating UFOs. No, they're not investigating UFOs. They're reverse engineering UFOs and, and have been for decades, maybe even interfacing with some of the alien species, like the greys. Um, those are the people who know what's going on. Your average uh, person working at the official working at the Pentagon knows almost nothing. And so... Um, it's it's two levels of of, uh, of knowledge that we're dealing with. We're dealing with the public knowledge in terms of the, the the interfacing with the Pentagon about UFOs, the stuff that the Pentagon is disclosing disclosing is stuff that we've known for already for, 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 for years and years. But the real the real stuff that's going on behind the scenes is uh, it, there are very few people at the Pentagon who, who are in the know because it's a need-to-know situation. The President of the United States does not have the clearance to go to the S-4 facility and, and view the, the saucers that they have, if they still have them at that facility or Is whatever that, facility they have them at. The President of the United States does not have the clearance. Is and that where I've heard that the President's on the... the the chiefs of staff, the joint chiefs of staff, probably don't even have the clearance themselves. It's cosmic clearance. It's it's it's, and so it's a very strange situation. It is. You know, I'm going to throw something at you here, and this maybe will go nowhere, but it's deeply troubling to me. And and I've got a, I've got a neighbor. That's interesting. It didn't come from me, but I heard it. Anyway. Continuing on, and we're used to this when I talk to Doug about little noises come in. One time I was interviewing Doug Thornton, and the theme from the NFL came in. Um, <laughs> it just it just never ends. But um, 
Yeah, I live out, at least I used to, we're kind of growing, but I lived out in the middle of nowhere in northern Maricopa County. But west of us, about 10 miles, is the Toyota Proving Grounds. And I've got a neighbor that's all over this now, and he's become a good friend, and he um, um, actually provides some security service for me. But you know, we, ha- I have seen personally um, troops in carriers going into the facility wearing woodland camo. And <laughs> this is so out of place. And it's the most secure area. You go to prison if you fly a drone over it. Um, I mean, the, the security is just, the, the guards are armed with uh, M16s. And there's, for a year, there was construction. Every morning you'd see it at 6 a.m., a whole line of trucks, miles of trucks would come out, and they'd be carrying dirt and stone and so forth. And then uh, um, that would be at night, and in the morning they were going in empty. So clearly they're excavating. And then we found a place where Gates is developing this super city, supposedly a super city west of Phoenix, an area called Buckeye. And it has all these underground entries. And my friend got pictures. And he came over yesterday, and we sat down and looked at them. And I think it's part of an elaborate tunnel system. From what you know, do you think this could have anything to do with alien interface interaction i think they're clearly tapping into the tunnel system that exists when you hear a story like that what what do you think of well it's entirely possible of course there's no proof that elements of the u.s military are interfacing with extraterrestrials there's no there's no proof but there's a whole lot of anecdotal evidence that that may be in fact happening of course um you have stories that came out in the 90s from people such as uh um such as the late uh, oh my god his name just phil schneider phil schneider oh, yeah, his name okay, almost yeah. escaped me phil schneider um who whose testimony is incredible and i don't know that we can we can believe everything that phil said because i think there was some some mind control going on with phil but i think that the basic premise of his story was true that he was working on the building. He was involved as a, a geologist in helping to build the deep underground military bases in that, in that he claimed that the government was, was in fact already interfacing with the Greys and that there were joint bases that were already set up in agreements with the Greys where there was a sharing of technology. Now, is that actually happening? Who knows? I mean, we can only speculate, but... But I, I am thoroughly convinced, thoroughly convinced that we have successfully reverse engineered crash, crash retrievals to a degree because the alien craft is using exotic materials that are not found on Earth. Um, for example, I think we can say pretty definitively at this point um, that, the, that, that at least some of the crafts, the saucers and so forth, are utilizing a matter-antimatter reactor that uses exotic matter, element 115, as its primary energy source. In other words, um, exotic matter does not work like regular matter. It has different properties. And according to Bob Lazar, whose testimony, by the way, I absolutely believe, and so does George Knapp, who's one of the old old school, sort of old gumshoe type uh, investigators still left in the world. And, and George Knapp is a, a famous investigator out of uh, uh, Las Vegas. And I had an opportunity to, to talk with George Knapp. 
and uh, and I really trust George's reporting. He's old school, and um, and so Lazar describes how these craft use a matter antimatter reactor, and they and they produce gravity waves, and there's a there's a space time distortion, a, a warping of space time around the craft, and so forth, and that. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water. With Dave.com, that's waterwithdave.com. Save $80 for a short time. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. We can, we have learned back in the 90s, we learned how to operate the craft. We could, we could, we could operate the craft, um, but we couldn't reproduce it exactly because of the exotic matter. Um, and so, uh, we, what we've been doing is we have been taking our most advanced technology and we have been hybridizing 
what we can reverse engineer and reproduce from the alien craft um, using our conventional components. And we, so we've been creating hybrid craft. And I believe that I, and I think I told you this last time we talked, I had an encounter with one of these, what I believe was a hybrid craft, um, a, 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 an, an aerospace vehicle that was using conventional components mixed with alien technology. And it was hovering 40 feet above my car. I could have thrown a stone at it. And it was hovering there for long enough for me to get a good long look at it. And no propulsion system to speak of. Um, there was there, it was a very windy night and the craft was completely unmoved by the atmosphere um it it it, it was it was this it, it had uh, that angular body armor like the uh the uh what is it the f-17 nighthawk i believe is what the, the stealth fighter um but it, it didn't have any wings it had stubs for wings so it was not aerodynamic and yet it was hovering effortlessly above my car and I had my brother-in-law in the car with me, and uh, and so I, I believe I have witnessed reverse-engineered uh, hybrid craft. So the question is, are we working in tandem? Are we? Do we have an some kind of an agreement, an alliance with an alien race that is helping us um, to some degree? build manufacture our own aeros advanced aerospace vehicles or are we just manufacturing whatever we can from from what we've been able to derive through reverse engineered uh components um it's a, it's complete speculation but i think I, I would lean towards we are working with the grays on some level and it, and and it's and it's happening miles beneath the surface of the earth that's that's a dramatic statement that's extremely dramatic. Can, can, can you speculate as to... Well, I think you kind of already have. I was going to ask if you could speculate as to the motive why we would want to collaborate. I can think of two reasons. One, to get technology to make our nation more superior to our opponents. And two, to avoid obliteration from a superior technology. Both of those are certainly, I think, true. Um, I would go so far as to say that... Uh, uh, in the words of Richard Dolan, the, 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 who I believe is the premier ufologist in, in the world, um, good friend of mine, Richard, in the words of Richard Dolan, there is a breakaway civilization um, that, that when you take the kind of information, the, the, the implications involved in the revelation of an alien presence, and then furthermore, the recovery and reverse engineering of alien technology that is hundreds of years, perhaps even thousands of years more advanced than anything we have today. And you cloak that whole thing in secrecy. And, and it's so secret that, that, that the vast majority of your military complex knows nothing about it. That it's just particular generals, elements of the intelligence agency, and military contractors, um, what you get is you get a program that is that has no oversight, none. You can't, for example, file a Freedom of Information Act to try and figure out, uh, to try and get information on, on the reverse engineering of, of, of crash retrievals, of, a, of, of UFO crash retrievals. Why? Because the government is not directly um, overseeing, is, is not directly uh, in charge of the reverse engineering it's the military contractors that are and so and so you, there is no freedom of information act to get in, to, to 
to force a military, a private company, military contractor to turn over anything to you. And so when you have this situation where the public not only does not have the need to know, but can't know, and that the President of the United States does not have the need to know, and that the majority of the people working at the Pentagon cannot know, cannot even, they don't have the need to know, they don't have the clearance, um, then what you have effectively is you have a group of people who have no oversight from the rest of the human race over what they're developing and how they're using it. That is a breakaway civilization. And if you add into that equation the global elitists who might be involved in this at some level, you know, we could have, there could be real estate on Mars, for all we know. These people can be, these people can be, can be mining exotic matter uh, on other planets right now and, and building a breakaway civilization. And maybe that explains some of their reckless uh, behavior uh, on Earth in some of the policies and, and their contempt for the human species, They're, in their minds, they would already be evolving far beyond us. And, 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 and they would have little care for, um, little concern for uh, the present populace of planet Earth because, because they would be so superior to us in their knowledge and technology. They're interfacing with an extraterrestrial race. Um, that is effectively a breakaway civilization, and I absolutely concur with Richard Dolan. I do believe there is a breakaway civilization at this point, a faction of humanity that is perhaps interfacing with extraterrestrials and is doing things that we can't even imagine. They don't care about geopolitics anymore. It's beyond geopolitics at this point. Would the location of this group, would it be subterranean? Would it be uh, on Mars? What, what's your feeling? Subterranean and off-world. And um, uh, you know, I uh, I met a uh, I met a guy out in Las Vegas, and I can't remember his name, and I wish I could, but I can't. Who I met him at a conference that I was attending, and uh, he was a very interesting guy, and he was selling a technology that he had there, um, and he and I had a chance to talk and and spend some time together, and he is he's he comes from one of these you know Illuminati family lines. But he's, he, he was detached. He didn't like what they were doing, and so he detached himself from the rest of his family. And he told me, and of course this is completely anecdotal, but he told me that uh, his, one of his family members, his sister or his aunt or his cousin or something, uh, had terminal cancer. And uh, she called him because she had a dilemma. She had been contacted by other members of the family who told her, here's the deal. We have the cure for cancer. We have it. But if we give it to you, you have to move off world with us. You have to abandon your, your, your regular life and you have to come into our, our sphere. And, and that sphere involves real estate on Mars. Did and they underground a bases. <laughs> and a complete, it's the breakaway civilization. And, and they said, you, 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 you will be sworn to secrecy. We will, we will give you the cure to cancer, um, but you'll have to now live a different life. And, and, and from, what, from what I remember, she chose not to. She didn't want to do that. And um, now, completely anecdotal, completely anecdotal. However, I've heard other stories similar to this. So it's not, it's not beyond the scope of possibility 
that if we, in fact, are reverse engineering extraterrestrial technology that is far advanced to anything we have, and furthermore, interfacing with these entities, that we, we, that there is a group of humans that are in possession of, of not only advanced aerospace technology, but all kinds of medical advances that they're not sharing with the rest of the public. And they've, they've moved beyond, you know, as I said, beyond the concerns, the geopolitical concerns of planet Earth. Um, they have real estate on Mars. And, uh, and it, it sounds crazy. It sounds utterly crazy. But you know what else sounds crazy? The government admitting that UFOs are real. And even, and even now, there's, they, they've made a tacit admission that not only are UFOs real uh, and likely constitute, quote-unquote, vehicles not made on this Earth, but, uh, but also that alien abductions are real. So... So that's where we are. The, the, the fantastical is suddenly becoming stone-cold fact. Yeah, that's, um, I'm reflecting back to when I was a child and I learned about Betty and Barney Hill and how they were mocked, and I thought, well, there was one thing Betty did there, and I was about 12 when I came to this realization. I just said, how did she know this one constellation was where it was at before we'd even discovered it? That's right. And, and I thought, that's really interesting. I thought, that's a lot of credibility. And this couple didn't seek notoriety. And, that, and I thought, well, they're not trying to get rich off this. And But um, I, I want to go back and take a little historical backwards trip here. But before we go there, I want to ask you the question about purpose. So you have a, a bloodline of the Illuminati offered healing, and uh, but you have to go to Mars. Any speculation as to why they wanted her to relocate to Mars? Was she going to be a breeder, or what, what was it going to be? You know, I have no idea. And again, it's completely anecdotal, that story. I have no idea. Um, it struck me as, the, 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 the guy that was telling me the story struck me as completely genuine. He was very much alarmed. Uh, he was telling me, you know, sort of with, uh, in, in very um, muted terms. He didn't want everyone around us to hear what he was telling me. He was extremely sound of mind. This very intelligent young man, my age, and not so young anymore, but at that time, at the time, um, and, and again, he was very alarmed by it, and he didn't know what to think or what to make of it. Um, so who knows? I mean it would be again it would be it would be far beyond anything we've, we've ever conceived in terms of a secret society or the Illuminati um, you know it's some, it would be something like the movie Elysium I think people that, that sci-fi movie that people might remember that came out maybe a decade ago um, and it, it, with Matt Damon and, and basically there was there was this there was this artificial structure in orbit above the earth where all the elite lived and they had these the, these medical you know devices that they would get into that could cure them of any disease but the earth planet earth was in com living planet earth was in a state of complete and utter squalor and the masses on earth were were living a completely different reality um, and the elite uh, were were not really a part of the society of earth anymore they were part of Elysium and and I think that that scenario is not um, is not that difficult to believe, at least from my perspective anymore. I think that might, if it's not already happening, it, it certainly is going to happen in the future. Something like that, an Elysium-like scenario, um, where maybe the elites are already colonizing Mars, 
And uh, I think we're way, 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 way beyond rockets. Way beyond rockets. Stargates. Um, I'm sorry? Stargates. I absolutely think. And when, listen, when you talk about stargates, um, what we're talking about effectively are wormholes. We're talking about Einstein-Rosen bridges. Mm-hmm. And Einstein-Rosen bridges, especially in light of the matter-antimatter reactor, the problem is most scientists are completely convinced that Einstein-Rosen bridges can not only exist naturally in the universe, but can be produced. The problem is that it would take an enormous amount of energy to open one. And basically, when you open an Einstein-Rosen bridge, um, uh, a.k.a. a stargate, um, you are not opening a gate to another dimension. No, you are opening a shortcut from one part of our universe to another. So it's not, it's not, it doesn't open a dimensional portal. It does, in, 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 in the sense that it's a bending of space-time. But it doesn't take you to a parallel universe. It takes you to a different location within our universe. It bends the fabric of space-time. And so uh, we can produce, according to our physicists, we can produce an Einstein-Rosen bridge right now if we had an energy source uh, that could that could that was powerful enough to bend space time. Well, guess what? We do, according to Bob Lazar. It's a matter antimatter reactor using element 115 or some other exotic exotic element that 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 can produce uh, energy that far exceeds the capacity of our most powerful nuclear warheads. Many many times over, millions of times more powerful than that and um and so i i do believe that stargates einstein rosen bridges i believe they're fact not fiction well i'll give you a fact we can teleport now it's not quite the same thing as a stargate but it's based on matter displacement they did the experiment i think it was 2009 that's uh, right in Leipzig, Germany. So they That's teleported right. an object across the laboratory, and it was actually bilocated momentarily, too. So, mm-hmm. um, so the, the, that's kind of a precursor step to a Stargate, in my mind. You're right. Um, and you know, everything we're talking about here, the, the, this teleportation you're talking about, where it's, it's bilocated, uh, and when I talk about matter-antimatter reactor, when I talk about Einstein-Rosenbridge, <laughs> effectively what we're talking about here is Star Trek. Because think about it, all those technologies were prefigured in Star Trek, and uh, and there's reason there's reason to believe that some of those programs, um, that information was being supplied to the the producers of of shows like that to to slowly condition the public to things that were coming down the pipe, and uh, um, you, but you're absolutely right. They've conducted experiments because we know that we know that matter has this strange property that that at the subatomic level that Einstein referred to as a spooky action at a distance where you can se- you can separate uh, two particles that are extri- intrinsically linked and they they are they stay in communication regardless of distance regardless of distance you can put one on the moon and one on the earth and the particles are still linked as if they were right next to each other <clears throat> yeah and Einstein called that spooky action at a distance he, he yeah. didn't know how to explain it and so and, and, and this this is not 
uh, it's not supernatural. It's completely natural. It's a function of the natural universe. Uh, it's it's it, there are there are there are physics that are not yet understood, and and um, and if you have if you understand those physics, then you can then you can develop technology based on those physics, and um, and so I think we 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 are we are entering a time certainly in which. Um, we're in a transitional generation. Things which were just science fiction in the past are very, very rapidly materializing right in front of our eyes. Yeah, this is, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how to respond to this except because I'm flooded with these ideas. I'll tell you something I did, and I didn't stay with it for more spiritual reasons than anything else, but I actually trained with Ed Dames for a short time on remote viewing. I don't know if you're familiar with that whole genre, but very much so, yes. Um, and uh, a guy named Bill, late Bill Pollock, set that up, and Bill was Air Force Intel and stuff. And actually, had known my father when they actually worked together at one time. And Bill said, "I want you to go there and see what you can learn from Ed." And 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 I'm not bragging, but Ed said, "You're the star of the class." And um, I, I had some interesting experiences, but you know, I just want to bring one thing up that I. Think fits the Stargate situation with technology. When you remote view, you're given two sets of four-digit codes, and it supposedly takes you to a location, uh, actually a physical location in the universe. Most of it's Earth-based because that's how remote viewing is typically used. And when you did the Stargate dialing that we saw on SG-1. They would have the the lock-in codes. I think there were six of them, but it would go to frequency based. And and when I, I trained with Ed, oh gosh, 2002, and the Stargate as a series started in 1997. I started watching it, and when I learned how you would give a target that you were trying to identify a two four-digit code, I thought. I wonder if these aren't both frequency applications that allows you to traverse space and time. Mm-hmm. Do you have any feelings on that? Well, I uh, I absolutely believe in remote viewing. In fact, I go further. I believe that the human species is innately telepathic. We are inherently telepathic. That Adam and Eve could communicate uh, telepathically, and beyond te- it's beyond telepathic communication it's 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 a psychic connection that we have with each other um and and i and and this is not i do not believe this is this belongs in the realm of the new age i believe that these are god-given abilities that adam and eve were full of fully capable of and and we have we and i probably because of the fall we have lost the ability uh to to tap into the full potential of, of our biology, of our biological architecture. Again, God-given biological architecture. Either, either, either we lost these capabilities because of degeneration in the fall, or, or God, or God intentionally deadened us to some of these capabilities. He uh, deactivated them for our protection. And so there's probably individuals, and, and it most likely has to do with you, with with your with your uh, with your genetic line, family line, individuals who are more, who, let's put it this way, who are less broken 
in terms of these these innate capabilities, these inherent capabilities. And those individuals have, they can still use the equipment. It's, it's, it's broken, but it's like a broken radio. And with the, with the, with the radio, you know, I often, I often compare telepathy to a radio. So, so with a radio, you can have a radio, but if it's not tuned to a channel, all you get is noise. But if you can learn to tune the radio, then you can pick up signals. The frequency, yeah. The frequency, exactly what you're saying. And so, and so I do believe that, uh, that what, what these remote viewers are doing is they, they are individuals who, who are, who have this genetic predisposition that they are more in tuned, um, to, they, they, they have this, this natural function of human biology that is less broken. And they can, they, they can therefore, they can still tune their radio, so to speak, and they're able to. And I don't think it's so much a projection. It's not like an out-of-body experience. Remote viewing is nothing. It has nothing to do with an out-of-body experience. You're fully conscious. Yeah, you follow protocols. Yeah, exactly. You follow protocols, and you can sit there and eat a sandwich and drink a cup of coffee while you're doing it. It's not like you're out of your body. Um, and so what's happening is there's. It's and people don't like this term. Um, but I can think of no other. It's a, it's sort of it's it's something to do with our psychic. It's a psychic function that 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 we just don't understand that we have still. And that's part of the way, by the way, that that the Greys interface with us. Not part of the way. That's that's part of the reason why the Greys are so successful with interfacing with us. Yes. Because Grey aliens don't move their mouths when they talk. It's all telepathic communication. All telepathic. And by the way. I'm of the opinion that angels primarily communicate telepathically as well. Um, but uh, uh, so remote viewing falls into this. I, I, I think that remote viewing probably, I, I, I think Adam could remote view in a way that, that would absolutely shock us and, uh, and, and can see at a distance, because that's what remote viewing is, hence remote viewing. You can Pro- see things prophets in the distance. Bible, right? What's that? Like John, the end of days, prophets in the Bible. Right. I think and, that's... Uh, yeah. and, and yes, and, and, um, and yes, so, so there's, some, there's some shadows of this, it, it, some indications of this kind of stuff. Um, and also, if you can communicate telepathically with somebody, then you can, you can project imagery from your mind into theirs. And that's what you can project what you're seeing they can see or you can project thoughts and images that's what the grays do that's how they create screen memories in in their in abductees and so when you start to think about prophecy and in the interactions that prophets have with angels uh, i think there's a whole lot of uh, remote viewing type telepathy type stuff going on there and people might object to that but why why should we why should we object to the notion that the human species was designed with this incredible capability, initially designed to be able to do this. I mean, we were created for fellowship with God. Just, just, just think about that. Just ruminate on that for a moment. But one of the, there's, I always say there's two purposes. The human species was, was, was designed and created for two purposes. Number one, we were created to be a part of the family of God, to be sons in the family, and to fellowship with the maker of the universe. Number one. Number two, we were created to, uh, to govern the earth. 
So we were created to have fellowship in the family of God with the maker himself and with our other siblings. And we were created to govern. And so we were equipped with all of the tools necessary to do those two things effectively. Um, Adam was. Eve was. And then the fall. The fall, of course, uh, ruined everything. And and. and, and, and and set in motion genetic degeneration, which may be the reason why we our, our, our radios are broken today. Well, I think they're, they're still surviving elements. Um, I don't want to get too much into my own personal testimony, but I've had a long history of knowing a lot of times what's going to happen before it does, particularly on a personal level. Right. And, and the knowingness defies, you know, basic logic you think well I could have predicted this but I've had a lot of experiences that's not true but I also think it's extra dimensional that that's my my sense of this I think the power uh, involves traversing um, the three-dimensional world we live in if you get into the fifth dimension you know space and time are irrelevant you can see all events at one time that's right when you look at you know the, the quantum physics model mm-hmm. and I and I and I tend to think this is what we're talking about and I think Stargate technology is like the mechanical manifestation of what we're talking about you know I don't know what you call it spiritually psychologically but you're know, you're really opening up a universe that's going to give people headaches but but um, <laughs> but but it, but it is who we are and I'll give you one concrete example so this will help the audience I think um, there are prayer studies out there and and, and I will say this from a, a research standpoint the level of significance you have to have for a study so in other words when you do one study you have to duplicate it in the same exact form and you can end up with a meta-analysis with several studies of the same type at the same time and just this is just for the audience benefit and uh, you have to get to a level of confidence that your research results based on a excuse me existing formula um, would be uh, less than five percent due to chance and we call that level of confidence. And so the studies I'm going to talk about here just for a second don't meet the level of significance, meaning there needs to be more research done. But there's a clear trend curve. And here's mm-hmm. the trend curve on prayer studies. They've done these double-blind studies, well-designed study, where they'll have people, let's say, in a hospital, in a heart attack ward, uh, let's say they're in San Francisco, and they're the control for the group. They don't get prayed for. Their condition's known, but you're tracking their medical results, but there's no spiritual intervention. So let's go to Houston, and there you have people with the diagnosed same conditions. Average prognosis of life expectancy might be six months. And so they pray for the people in Houston. So you get these people that come in and pray, and they pray over their first name, last initial, but they don't know the location. They just pray to that. And to me, that's like the four, two four-digit codes you get in remote viewing. Mm-hmm. You're praying to the, to the name and the initial. And what they found was the survival rate for the people prayed for were tremendously higher than the control group that did not get prayed for. And I think this is part of what we're talking about. I think you're absolutely right. And now you start to think about prayer. When I was uh, when I was a young man, I used to think, like, well, how does prayer work, right? 
How, how do we even communicate with God, number one? But two, how, do we, how does prayer work? And, and, you know, maybe the old uh, medieval perception was that there was an angel, you had a personal angel, like a guardian angel, that would listen to your prayer and then dispatch to heaven, you know, and deliver your prayer in written form or whatever, right? The medie- medieval perception. But now I think we're beginning to understand the, the let's call it the physics behind some of what's being described in, in the scriptures. In other words, if we are connected to one another on this psychic level, and not psychic in the New Age sense, but in the, in the biological sense, let's say, we're connected to one another on this deep level. We can call it a spiritual level, would be the same kind of terminology here. Um, then, then we are, in fact, not only communicating with one another, uh, and, and, and being able to have these, what you were describing, what, premonitions and so forth, um, and being empathic with one another. We, all, we human beings are definitely empathic. Um, then we, are, we can also be communicating with angels in the same way and with God in the same certainly with God in the same way. The Bible says that God is spirit. And so, and so it, prayer makes a whole lot more sense when you start to think about it this way. Um, and uh and and it just fascinates me because because it you know people think that so many of the people uh, secular people think that the scriptures and and Christianity is outdated and 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 it is our our, our medieval view of the scriptures is outdated but not the scriptures themselves yes exactly and so once we as we upgrade our understanding of the universe the bible becomes more relevant not less relevant the explanatory power of the biblical narrative becomes more powerful. It becomes clearer um, than, than it was in the past because it begins to sync more with what we understand about the universe um, and, and the way communication works and, and, and as we explore these, these innate abilities that the human species has, then you begin to understand prayer a little bit more. It's not it's not like a magic. It's not magic. There's something very deep and profound about our interconnectedness that we have with one another, the connectedness that we have with other conscious beings that are not human, i.e. angels, for example, um, and, the, and the connectedness that we have with the maker of the universe. Yeah, that's a lot to take in, but I totally agree. You know, I, I look at it this way, too. If, you, if anyone believes in the Big Bang... And so you have to ask yourself, what were we one quantum second before the Big Bang while well, we were all enjoined and what we'd become throughout the universe? Every life form, every physical entity was enjoined in one small little representative dot. And then here comes the explosion. And I've always maintained that the connection between all life forms and even humans in the earth was born of that connection that's never really been separated. That's right. But here's the question I have, though. And I asked Ed Dames this question, and he didn't really give me an answer. He said, that's the question, Dave. I said, I believe in inner species uh, evolution. I don't believe we came from monkeys, but I believe we evolved within our own selves. I mean, we're four inches taller than we were during the Civil War as males. Mm -hmm. So I said, are we evolving into these abilities or evolving away from them because we become so dependent on speech. What do you, what do you think? What would you I think we're evolving. We're clearly evolving. Although I do, 
subscribe to. I do not subscribe to macroevolution in which one species evolves into another. Exactly. I do subscribe to microevolution mm-hmm. in which there is a built-in, by God, designed range, spectrum of adaptation. And that spectrum of adaptation can be quite extreme. You can get all the marsupials in, in, uh, in Australia from one single marsupial. That's how r- wide-ranging I believe that that built-in mechanism of adaptation is. That the maker designed in the, in the creatures. Um, and I believe human beings have a spectrum of adaptation. Ours is probably more narrow than other life forms because we have the ability to think. Uh, and and to build things and to build shelter and and wear clothes so we don't need as wide a spectrum as adaptation as other animals animals need to be able to adapt to a changing environment and and i think that micro evolution again adaptation is a fingerprint of a maker of a designer and uh and again starkly different from macro macro evolution where everything has evolved from an amoeba Rather, there's a set of creatures that were created in the beginning and given a wide spectrum of adaptation uh, and that they can adapt and, and micro-evolve within their species. And, and that's my view. That's my view. And, and you know, when you talk about the... Um, when you talk about the, uh, the, the, the Big Bang and, and everything being interconnected... Uh, um, people don't understand that that is a biblical concept. I know. They, they, and it's, they, in, they, it's, exactly. it's my favorite verse in the Bible, my exactly. very favorite verse in the Bible, Colossians 1.15, where it says that, that the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together in other words this is why i refer to jesus the son of god as the singularity he is the big bang he's the singularity all things are bound together in him and that's what the bible says that's what paul says so paul way back in the first century a.d is expressing the singularity concept of the Bing Big Bang before all of our modern day physicists. Except Paul is saying that Jesus is that singularity. You know, and isn't it interesting that uh, the. Well, I'll back up. My friend Vance Davis, very quickly here, ex NSA, I've known him for 28 years, and he told me in his NSA training that they were actually taught Genesis 6, but they didn't call it that. They said there was a war out in the cosmos, the bad guys lost, and they got cast to Earth. And so that, to me, was the fallen angels. But he said they wanted to basically um, commandeer the human soul and get back at God's prized possession, but they weren't able to. And this is before, he told me this in 1993, before transhumanism was ever a concept or a word discussed. Mm. And he said, so they decided to try to morph human beings as much as they can. And what do they call it today? Merging man and machine singularity. So on one hand, you have Jesus as the singularity. They can't overcome that, so they're trying to create their own parallel singularity that's just flat evil. That's right. Yeah, and you know, you talk about the... The Bible talks about woe to those sorceresses who make their magical bands to capture souls. And... Something like that. I can't remember the exact uh, 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 
scriptural reference, but something like that. I, I, I forget if I put it in my book or not. But um, one thing about the abduction phenomenon, if you, if, you, if you read the research, the data, and it is real scientific data, um, you, you will discover that there's, a, there's, there's this strange black box that shows up. All, in a lot of abduction accounts, and the black box is often positioned behind the abductee's head as they're lying on a table, you know, on the craft. And and the abductees, uh, many abductees have described this, that they feel like their soul is being sucked out of their body and captured into this black box. And some abductees have described, you know, then 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 a clone of their body being brought in and then their soul going back into their body from this black box. And it sounds so fantastical, but it shows up so many times in abduction accounts. So I think there is, and I don't understand it, and I don't know what the goal is, and I, I, I don't understand it at all. But I think there is something to that, that there's, that there's something about the human soul that is unique and that, uh, uh, that other, perhaps other entities, other sentient beings are trying to manufacture, are trying to duplicate, are, for, are trying to capture, who knows. But, uh, but what you said, what your friend told you, just triggered that in my mind. So I think there is some validity to that. Well, there's another thought, <clears throat> excuse me, I've had too that, uh, kind of goes along these lines. It'll have to be kind of a short answer on your part, but, but I, I look at world leaders today. We've never had a period in history where world leaders marched uniform on anything, ever. But yet, it just happened with COVID, the lockdowns, and all the scientific nonsense they went along with, non, non-scientific nonsense, all the lies they told the people, the destruction that went on, lockstep, third world countries to first world countries. And I'm thinking, what's responsible for this? Now, I know this is a bad conspiracy theory, but we know most of our world leaders today did some training in one form or another with the Young Global Leaders Program or the previous programs to that. Mm-hmm at the World Economic Forum. And I'm wondering how much of this is demonic possession from the survivors of the dead giants before the, before the uh, flood. You know, my, you know, my, my only... Um, here's my thoughts on that. Every time that... that and that, and we got a minute. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll, I'll try and wrap it really quick. Every time that, pe- that we encounter demon-possessed people in the Bible, they're ravenous, out of their minds, foaming from the mouth, tossing their hosts into the fire, screaming, yelling. It's not coherent. They're not calm. And so it's hard for me to, to imagine a world leader being possessed by one of these spirits and, and be calm and collected and be able to speak intelligently and interact in society and not look like a lunatic that's my short answer and we're seeing a lot of that from world leadership today a lot well, of, a well, lot then, of the well then, well then the, the theory might have some validity then well you know I'll, I'll tell you just watch um, Adern the Prime Minister of New Zealand I look at her and I get a repulsed feeling of demonic possession it's a real strong feeling and I get it when I look at Trudeau and I look at their eyes and subjectively and I know it's very subjective but I see the same evil emanating from their eyes the same almost emotionalist snake-like mentality that they don't care about people there's no empathy 
there's a mission and there's a singular focus on the mission to hell with everybody else. And that's what I see for Joe Biden in his demented fashion. I see some of those same traits in him. And I, and I think a lot of it's demonic possession. Okay, very quickly, we got to do justice here. Uh, Tim has a book that I keep reading and rereading, Birthright. It's really good. Tim, where can people follow your good work? Uh, you can follow me on YouTube, Timothy Alberino. I'm always posting content on there. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Timothy Alberino, on my website, timothyalberino.com. And I have a conference coming up here in, from the 6th to the 7th of May in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be talking about transhumanism, aliens, UFOs, and Bible prophecy. And it's me and some other great speakers, uh, including Joe Ellen from Steve Bannon's War Room podcast, and, and, and who's one of the leading experts on transhumanism. So, wow. You can get tickets at birthrightconference.com, birthrightconference.com. We'll publish that, too, on our website. When we publish our interview, we'll publish that, and this will air on Monday. So we'll have it up on our website then, and people can track that. We're flat out of time, Tim, but thank you for a fascinating hour. It was absolutely tremendous. Can't wait to have you back on. It was my pleasure, definitely. Take care. You too.